All right, episode five of the Empty Moments with yours truly, Stone. Coming at you regarding a serious event that took place yesterday, Monday, Monday, now, Tuesday, August 4th. So I wanted to talk about what we've all seen. We've seen those viral videos coming out of Beirut, Lebanon regarding that massive atomic bomb-like explosion. I wanted to talk about this because I was in Beirut, Lebanon about two years ago. And I know exactly where this took place because I walked within maybe a hundred yards of where this building blew up for countless occasions over the week I was in Beirut. And I have to take a pause there because it's hard to explain. This is not the first time that I've been somewhere traveling wise and then something crazy happens not so much later. I was in Paris a year before the Eagles of Death Metal uh, massacre where they if you're not sure what Eagles of Death Metal are because it's kind of a funky name so why would you if you don't know rock that's a rock band they were playing in Paris and uh, 87 I believe people were killed in a mass murder in Paris and I was staying in Paris the year before exactly a year before I believe that that event took place on November 13th 2014 and I'm a big fan of that band I mean am I the Biggest fan? No. But I do like them, and I definitely would have been there at that concert if they were there the year before. So, I've unfortunately have had these kind of events that have taken place at places I was at. And I know from my own personal experience what took place in Lebanon this week. Um... You know, where this took place, they say it's at the ports, and it is. And thankfully, there's a little bit of space between, uh, if you look on Google Maps, if you were to put explosion site of Beirut, go on Google Maps, there's going to be a big red dot. And you can see there is a yellow road that circumvents Beirut. And that yellow road is of the main thoroughfare across Beirut if you want to circle around the coast. And I don't know if you've done any traveling, Beirut is by far one of the busiest, most congested cities I've ever been to. Uh, when I first got there, it was extremely overwhelming as an American to just manage how to walk as a pedestrian. I've had someone ask me if I rented a car and I just looked at them in shock and horror. Uh, most of the roads there are three lanes, and they somehow, some way, squeeze five cars into those three lanes. We always see these kind of videos out of India, uh, Thailand. I've seen that in Thailand myself. Probably China, too. Those are the three top countries I can think of where there's so many cars and not enough road. That also takes place in Lebanon, and it's a very, very old city. So building infrastructure and widening the roads is just simply not possible and the roads are in really poor condition so you can't even drive fast if you wanted to you will just screw the hell out of your suspension real quick so traveling around in Beirut 
It's not the biggest city. Maybe you can get from one side to the other if you were a bird going, I don't know how fast birds fly, 25 miles an hour, I'm guessing. It's probably 10 miles across, 10 miles wide, like square miles, I guess. But that's using American westernized, uh, you know, miles instead of kilometers. But at the same time, I mean, how long would it take you to drive across 10 miles? If you're driving 60 on a highway, that takes you six minutes. But when you're driving 35 at the most, honestly, and there's people cutting you off and you have to switch lanes quite a bit, it takes a long time to travel in Beirut. So I did a lot of walking while I was there because I think walking, putting your feet on the pavement, seeing things, not just passing by as a passenger, you actually see things, you observe things because you're there. There's no sense of safety inside of, like you get when you're inside of a vehicle. When you're a pedestrian, you gotta watch your surroundings, especially when you're traveling in a foreign country. And I walked by this building, so I didn't walk exactly in front of it. So let me preface it that. So if you were to go back to the Google Maps image I was telling you about, it's kind of further away from the main thoroughfare, thankfully, because the main thoroughfare stays along the coast for a large portion of time. Like if you look at that map, the top left portion of Beirut, it's parallel with the ocean. Like you can, there's a big sidewalk and I'll post a photo of this, a photo I took on Instagram so you guys can visualize what I'm talking about if you go to the empty moments on Instagram. That way you can visualize what I'm talking about. But you can just hop over the railing and you know, it's rocks, there's rocks, you can hop over that too, and you'll be in the ocean. Thankfully, where this building was at, the road kind of veers off a bit, maybe half a mile or so, so it's not as close to where the main walkway is, which is very, very popular where I'm talking about. I was not just some random foreign dude walking on a roadway nobody ever uses. This is a very common spot where locals walk and run and exercise. And there's a main thoroughfare, so there's a ton of cars traveling on this road as well. And I always get taken back when I'm talking about this because I walked by that location multiple times. I went on the Google Maps and I was trying to visualize how close I got and I was like, I was at that museum one day I went by a shopping center right at the bay another day these are both within a mile of the explosion zone and I definitely would have felt it being that close and I definitely would have felt it being a pedestrian I didn't have a car and it really makes you think as I've traveled and I wanted to do this particular episode specifically and only talking about Lebanon because the images we see today it looks like a complete utter war zone based off this explosion that was an atomic bomb like explosion obviously not the catastrophe not the damage but the mushroom cloud type of explosion of all these viral videos that were taken from once the building was on fire to boom maybe a minute or two later this massive explosion takes place people are wondering how could this, this taken place what happened 
Why is there no oversight regarding what is stored at the ports? How can so much uh, explosives be stored in one building? You have to remember, there are regulations, uh, protocols, laws that are common in the EU and America are not common in other parts of the world. There are not as many fail-safes. There are not as many risk prevention, risk measures that are put in place. This is something that's established by the federal government in the United States, and it's also established in the European Union for those countries in the EU. And in Lebanon, especially now, so I wanted to bring up economics because it's really important when we're talking about how could this have happened. It took place because Lebanon has been struggling for years. I was there about 20 months ago and it was struggling then. And ever since I left, it's been much, much worse. Why? Well, the primary reason why has nothing to do with the Syrian refugee crisis. It's not helping, but it's not the primary reason. The primary reason is, I don't know if I've said primary reason enough times, so I want to say it again just right there, is America's sanctions on Iran is causing this issue. You have to think about this. Iran is probably the second biggest economy in the Middle East behind Saudi Arabia. And the Saudis benefit greatly by these sanctions. And we have Americans, that is, a somewhat suspicious to me relationship with the Saudis. So these sanctions we put place during Trump's administration are very strict. And by doing so, it's really crippled Iran's economy. And there's a trickle down effect because the neighboring countries like Lebanon aren't able to interact and do as much business with Iran as much anymore. And this also affects the Lebanese directly because a lot of Lebanese workers, they do kind of like work visa contracts. They'll go to Iran, they'll go to Saudi Arabia, they'll go to Europe to work for a year for an agreed upon price and come back home because the, work, the job market in Beirut is not the best. There's a lot of highly educated people, but there's only so many jobs. You have to think about it as an American, as an Englishman, wherever you're listening to. If there's no jobs in the city you live in, you have to go elsewhere. How many of us have relocated for our employment? I have relocated multiple times within Southern California. But what happens if, let's say in my example, I am in Los Angeles and I need to relocate to a better job outside Los Angeles. That might sound crazy because Los Angeles is the second biggest city in the country. But sometimes, depending on what you do, depending on the industry, Los Angeles may not be a key market. So you have to go to where the key markets are. You have to go where the jobs are at. And depending on your occupation, that's not gonna be in Beirut. You have to go to where the jobs are at. And a lot of the time, they were in Saudi Arabia because they're trying to build up Abu Dhabi. They're trying to build up, uh, what's that city that is gluttonous to the T? Uh, Dubai, there we go. It took me too long to think about that. So 
that there's a lot of jobs there in construction and technology and agriculture and thinking mainly I'm missing the main one and that's architect because they're building so many buildings so what happens when the Saudis benefit from Iran going out of play what happens when Europe going back to Syrian refugee crisis has kind of turned the faucet down upon how many Middle Easterners they're willing to take they're not willing to take as many foreigners from that part of the world to do work contracts because now they're worried about them staying for good they're worried about illegal immigration just like we are in the United States so now Europe's not as interested in this region of the world Iran is really crippled by the sanctions they can't do business with others as much as they used to and that's what I'm talking about with the trickle-down effect because Iran's closing their borders closing their business to other countries these countries can't do as much either and then you have the Syrian refugee crisis that affected our Lebanon because Syria is right next door I mean Beirut is 80 a hundred miles away from the Syrian border Lebanon is a pretty small country but again 80 100 miles to us may be an hour and a half two hour drive depending where you live to them windy roads not the best condition it takes hours to get a hundred miles but it's still not that far so there is a trickle-down effect I am hopeful that this horrible event finally puts eyes on how bad things have been in Lebanon because it's been bad for a while there is a lot of poverty there are plenty of kids starving on the streets there is a huge huge homeless population there because once the elders died because we have to think about this outside of an American uh, westernized mindset in most parts of the world people live in the multi-generational homes I mean, think about this. Think about when the coronavirus was still fresh and popping, when we were scared shitless about going outside, about going to the grocery store. Think about how bad it was in Italy. Think about the severe mortality rates that were taking place in March and April. That took place because grandchildren live with their parents. Their parents live with their grandparents. And that's commonplace in countries like Italy. And yes, Italy has an average, higher than average, average age. But at the same time, we don't live with our parents and our grandparents as long as other countries do. So it's more than just the average age is higher in Italy. That is true, but it's not the whole truth. So in Lebanon, that's common for you to live with your parents until you get married. And then when you get married, that's when you splinter off into your own home so you can establish your own family. Until then, until you have your own family, it's really not common. It's kind of considered, what are you doing? Why are you trying to waste your money on rent? I mean, we have this problem here in the United States. Millennials, and I think Gen Z is the new term, the people below 28, I believe, they can't afford living where their parents grew up. I know in Southern California, where I grew up, all my friends have moved east, or further away from Los Angeles, or moved out of the state because they can't afford living where they grew up they can't afford to be where they grew up as a kid it's just physically not possible so either they have to drive for a fucking eternity 
to get to work, which I had to do for years, so I'm speaking out of personal experience. This is what I always do. I'm not speaking out of my ass. Sometimes I am, and I'll admit it when I am. But most, the vast majority of the time, I'm talking about a personal experience. And this is why I wanted to do this episode about Lebanon, because I was there. Pretty recently, I was at, real close, to where the explosion site took place. I feel like I have a duty to make sure, as an American, to make sure that I give you first-hand experience of what it's like to be there as an American and make sure the media, as biased as they can be, try to portray things properly. Because, you know, depending how you believe, if you're a Democrat or Republican, either side, they falsify, they exaggerate, they biasly report the news to whatever contingency watches and follows their marketplace. That's the problem with news today. It's sad, I know, it sucks. It sucks that I have to say that, but you know it's the truth. You know it. But I wanted to do this episode because I'm hopeful that this negative event can put eyes on Lebanon, can make really point out, hey, things were bad before a massive explosion killed, I think the last report I saw, about 85 people. Thousands injured, buildings destroyed, windows shattered, you know, sonic waves causing car roofs to collapse. That's so much force for a high-strength steel car roof to cave in. That is the strongest part of the car in most vehicles. You have to think about the force that took place. If you're in that car, you probably are sore as fuck today. You probably feel like you just got rear-ended by another vehicle going 50 miles an hour. That's the scary thought, right? So, I'm hopeful that the entire world saw this explosion took place. And Lebanon's really trying to improve their their image, just like how the Saudis are with Dubai. They're really trying to improve their image so their tourism would increase because they need to increase, improve their economy. And then this explosion takes place and it's scary as shit. And as I said, this is took place by the seaport area, by the ports. But there's a lot of pretty museums and buildings. It's a lot where, not a lot, but there's a good amount of touristy things to do. It's really pretty, not so far away. And I'm guessing a lot of those buildings were damaged. And fixing damages in Beirut is not like here. The roads are small. Fitting a semi-truck, fitting a truck full of construction equipment, that's a task in itself. So things take longer to rebuild there, and then they're not doing well financially, so who has the money to rebuild? These are the things that are going to take place. You have to, when I was there, there are still plenty of buildings, residential buildings from the Lebanese Civil War in the 1980s that still have bullet holes in them. They just don't care because it's not worth the money. These are 30, 40 story buildings. How are you gonna fix bullet holes 300 feet in the air? Are you gonna get a scaffold? These buildings are not retrofitted to have a scaffold attached to the side. So you have to think about all that little stuff. You have to think about, I need to, you know, reinforce the scaffold. You can't just hook up people to climb up and down a scaffold. You have to think about all these things. And these things cost a lot of money. 
And that is the problem with what's going on in Lebanon. So I'm hopeful and I wanted to bring eyes and attention to Lebanon's problems before this very obvious problem of a massive explosion. But I hope you take solace of what I'm saying because there are plenty of other parts in the world experiencing major issues that we don't know about that the media fails to report because they simply don't care unless something catastrophic like this takes place, something that catches your eye, something so scary that everybody on the planet can relate to an explosion like this scaring the holy shit out of you. I'm hopeful that when we see the stories that come out of this, people hurt, people killed, people losing their homes, that something can possibly get, get better there. It didn't get better in Syria. No one gave a shit about that. Maybe the neighboring country people will care about. Because now, there's going to be a trickle-down effect based off Lebanon's issues too. And if the entire region of the Middle East does poorly, that only helps one country. And that one country is Saudi Arabia. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of suspiciousness, a lot of shadiness regarding the Saudis. All I have to do is think about the Turkish reporter who got beheaded in a Saudi embassy two years ago that nobody ever talks about anymore. Jamal Kokoji, I believe his name was. I know his first name was Jamal, but I think I mispronounced his last name. And I do apologize if you do remember and I, you think I just completely butchered it. That's old news. No one talks about that anymore. Because why? Because the Saudis have money. And money silences people. And money makes things go away. And I'm hoping... As somebody who has been to places in the world, who has seen things differently, who has been to occasions, I'm speaking out of personal experience. So I'm trying to get more awareness based off this episode. Whoever listens to this, I don't know. But I felt like I had a duty, a calling. This might sound stupid. It probably is stupid. But sometimes you just got to do what you feel is right. And that's why I'm doing this particular episode. And I'm exclusively just talking about Lebanon. So whatever you keep seeing, the news keeps reporting about Beirut. If there's any donations, charities, whatever, do what you can do. But the most important thing you can do, if you can't afford throwing in some shekels, is awareness. And it's the same issue we have in this country regarding social justice, which I'm not going to get into that now. But awareness is information. And information equals data. And nothing in this world, especially now, matters more than data. I can talk about that in another episode if you like, but data equals money. That's what we're all focusing on. That's why we talk about the Russian hackers, Facebook, Google, Amazon, all these major conglomerate countries now. What are we so scared about? We're scared about them having our access to our, our information, access to our data, access to our habits, knowing who we are, knowing what we like. Think about the last time you were on Facebook and you scrolled down and you're like, whoa, I was just talking about Nike Air Force Ones. Were they just listening to my phone call? That kind of thought? You've definitely had it, right? I've had it. There's no way you haven't had it either. Because that's money. That information, that access to information, the data, equals 
millions upon millions of I'm being understating millions, billions of dollars. So keep aware. Watch what's going on in the world. Watch, see what happens in Lebanon. If something like that is not likely to take place. There's too much oversight to take place like that in the United States. But hey, who, who could have figured that the worst country to have the coronavirus without any doubt would be the United States having the, the worst trouble? Who knows? Maybe something like that can happen because 2020 has been a clusterfuck. It's been a mess and nobody can tell what the fuck's going to happen next. 2020 is not done being fucked up and I'm guessing more fucked up shit's gonna happen as the year proceeds. We got another five months left so only time could tell how shitty this year can go. Trying not to end this on a negative note but it's been 2020. It's been a negative year so fuck it. Thank you for listening and toodles.